You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hi there, this is the legendary Tom DeFalco. And you are listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast. Hey everybody, we're back again for another episode of the Epic Marvel Crossover Podcast. Podcast, podcast, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yep, I'm you, I am your co-host Will Hoffneck and we're here with the other co-host Jim Mason. How are you everybody? Oh man, oh it's been a oh. little bit. It's been a little it, bit since I talked to you. So I know this is uh, you know, normally we stay in in a little bit more regular contact, but it's been a crazy Corona just has upended life in, in yep. time, space, everything. It, yep. It, yep. We, we look back now on like, remember, I, we, I, remember we're looking back at like March and April going like, when, when this is over, we're going to, <laughs> uh, how naive. Don't you, don't you feel sometimes you're stuck in a Star Trek episode where yep. Q has decided to elongate time or something odd right. like that? Right. Yeah. yeah yep. It's. It's awful, <laughs> but we're getting through. We're still here. Yep. We're so, still here. so we're here today. We're going to talk another crossover, and this one's a little different. So, again, for, for anyone who's just joining us for the first time, uh, this is the podcast where we break down an issue or series of um, a, 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 an intercompany crossover with Marvel and some other companies, sometimes DC, most commonly DC, but right. um, sometimes, you know, image characters or, or in this case, uh, it's going to be the first time we're venturing into Riverdale. Yeah, the world of Archie Comics and holy moly, this was a brain melter in a way. <laughs> um, it's, it's a little strange. And, and I'm not saying that necessarily in a bad way. Um, it's just like, wowzers, this is, this, this one required me to to uh kind of you know check my um uh preconceptions right at the right. door and just go into it so so with that yeah so we're talking the punisher meets archie is the name of the book this is mm-hmm. a um this is a, a co-publication with with marvel comics and with archie comics um if you have never seen the book there's actually two different covers to this one that uh marvel did which has like a die cut cover with punisher very reminiscent of the first appearance of punisher asm issue mm-hmm. um the other one is more is an Archie cover, right? It's it's a right. little more of the standard kind of what what you think of if you if you think of Archie comics, right? Exactly. Um, much more in that style. So uh, with that, let, let's talk a little bit. I mean, we've had the Punisher on the show before, right? We we yep. talked about uh, our, our Lake of Fire, <laughs> our, <laughs> our our perennial favorite, uh, <laughs> our uh, our punching bag, Batman Punisher Dumpster Fire. Oh, uh, Denny O'Neill, God rest your soul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. but um. Today we're back with Punisher, and this time he's venturing into the world of Riverdale with right. uh, with Archie. Um, so, I mean, we, we, we spent a good amount of time talking about the history of Punisher before. What about Archie? Archie's been around for, like, ever. 
right? Yeah. I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Will, he's been around since the 1940s and for the most part has been pretty much unchanged, you know, yep. except, ex- I would say, except in in recent years, mm-hmm. um, you know, under the guidance of like Roberto Aguri Sacasa and uh, some of the new leadership over at Archie Comics, you know, where they, you know, Archie and the undead comics and, you know, the more realistic Riverdale show and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Archie was pretty much always kind of a hep cat, wore an R for Riverdale high on his sweater vest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of your kind had, of your standard, like, you know, all American <laughs> kid, right? Yeah. High school kid. If you can think of white kid, white Midwestern kids in the 1940s and 50s with red hair that play a a, a, a mean rock and roll guitar, mm-hmm. that would be Archie Andrews, everybody. Right. right. A little bit of a little bit of kind of like, I mean, I mean, yeah, he, he started in like e- either late 30s or early 40s. I can't quite remember when his very first appearance was, uh, but uh, kind of, you know, kind of kind of what we think of now is kind of suburbia right like like the uh, the american ideal suburban high school kids right yeah exactly exactly and and i just pulled up that uh archie andrews was created in 1941 okay yeah so, so world war ii era world war ii era probably uh, just before no just after it was december 1941 pep comics number 22 <laughs> um back when people used to use pep Right. In, in many sentences. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was created by John L. Goldwater and Bob Montana in collaboration with writer Vic Bloom. So saith the Oracle known as Wikipedia. <laughs> so. Right. Right. And, and so this is a bit of a strange crossover. Um, mm-hmm. Let's just start out by talking about it a little yep. bit in that one, we've already kind of talked quite a bit about the history of Marvel crossovers. And in this era, there hadn't really been many. Right. Uh, Marvel and DC had, had were of course on the outs, um, and I mean, this is a couple years before they really start getting back into it. So this one's kind of an oddball book in both. It came out in what ninety three, ninety four, ninety four. It, it was being put together in ninety three, and that was published in ninety four. Awesome, yeah, yeah. So this is right in that era, uh, and uh, let's just start out a little bit with the with the credits of this book. Um, this is, of course, um, this is called "When Worlds Collide" is actually the title of the book. Um, it is written by by Batten Lash, uh, yep. a very you know somewhat controversial figure in, in yep. comics writing communities, but all but was never really questioned for his comic writing ability. Right? Absolutely not, you know. And I, I I mean I never read the National Law Review, but mm-hmm. um, I would say that I think I remembered first being exposed to him in the pages of uh, Comics Buyer's Guide when it was a newspaper. Mm-hmm. That that alone should tell you how old I am, kids. <laughs> um, and they would print the Wolf and Bur- Bird uh, Counselors of the Macabre, which was basically a law firm that would represent horror creatures, mm-hmm. m- creatures of the supernatural. And it was later turned into a full comic book called Supernatural Law. And it was, uh, it was a popular, popular indie book. And it was a book about lawyers 
more than anything else, if you just dig back, it was it was it was a legal comedy. Mm-hmm. Once you once you peel away all the supernatural elements of it, and it was a funny book despite uh, some of his controversial stances. Yep, yep, and and that's I mean, and and part of the the controversy surrounding Batten Lash is that he later did articles and uh, I believe a podcast uh, with yeah. some some questionable right wing views that you know maybe maybe not as bad as some uh writers that we've we've <laughs> that that well, we, yeah. we have now but still yeah. kind of kind of controversial very political um, well him and and another late creator just to throw this in there because i i uh did some research on him because it'd been so long since i read anything about bat and lash um you know he uh worked with james hudnell uh, another creator whose work I admired, especially over at Marvel and some of his indie work, um, the two of them are more on the right side of the political spectrum. They worked on a book called Abomination, mm-hmm. and it it was on Breitbart before Breitbart became the conservative uh, cornerstone website that it is today. It was something called BigGovernment.com or something like that. Right. And, and it got a lot of heat because it was it was not very kind. Right. Uh, for on, on a lot of different levels and some which were veered onto the personal, but you know, this is where, you know, we could get to this long stretched out uh, <laughs> piece on, you know, the art versus the artist, right, you know, right. And, and kids go to junior college and take an art appreciation class because most of the artists in history are controversial on one level or 10. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, So, so yeah, so so we have Batten Lash as the writer. Um, So we, we do have two different artists on this two two main pencilers. Right. Um, And this was kind of the, again, part of the deal with Archie and Marvel. So we, we have John Buscema. Uh, John Buscema, one of the luminaries of, of the the silver age of comics you know he was a marvel guy through and through he was one of the bullpen um worked on every marvel comic that you can possibly think of and brothers to another marvel luminary of the time sal buscema Mm -hmm. and the two of them worked at marvel on everything from the hulk to spider-man the defenders you name it these guys worked on it um he's probably best known i think for a silver surfer run Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. You know, that I can think of, you know, where, you know, again, I think we've made reference to Joe Satriani before yep. in our previous Silver Surfer <laughs> meets Superman episode. <laughs> so, um, you know, he was a lot, he, God, he was just such a solid line. I don't, I mean, he was a solid guy, and, but he was this great solid line illustrator of, right. of the Silver Age of comics. So no, you he was never he, go wrong with a Buscema book. Most definitely. He was, yep. he was a Marvel man through and through, yep. right? Yep. Um, and uh, really though, what I, and uh, we can't really mention him without talking about Conan though. Oh, what did he do? Something like 200 or something. Was it 200 issues? I don't know about full issues, but it was, uh, it was over like 200 like stories, right? Okay. Yeah. 200 stories, which even if we're talking 12 pagers, right? 10 pagers, 200 stories for a comic book illustrator Mm -hmm. is bonkers i mean it is an amazing volume of of stories and i i have a ton or had a ton of conan comics and uh to me he's one of the definitive conan illustrators yep yep no i mean it's basically to me it's it's when you think conan i think him and barry windsor smith absolutely that's pretty much it right and i believe buscema did the conan strip 
I think. I want to. I want to say. Yep. I want to say you're right on that as yeah. well. Oh, I was just going to say. Oh, I just pulled up his wiki page, and uh, he was inducted into the Will Eisner Comic Book Hall of Fame in 2002. That should tell you <laughs> what level of talent this guy is. Right. Right. And uh, so he co-pencils this book with uh, another big name in, in the industry, Stan yep. Goldberg. Right. Yep. Um, Stan Goldberg is another. I mean, I don't want to say. You know, it's. It's kind of rude to say old timer, but you know, an old timer been around forever. Well, um, yeah, you know, he was, I mean, he passed away a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, as John did and, uh, good guy. I mean, and again, um, not just an Archie comics creator, but he was a Marvel comics colorist yep. Yep. as well. So, um, this is a guy who contributed to the art form. I mean, it's so weird, Will, you know, growing up, and I know you're a few years younger than me, but, you know, we're losing so many. You know, this is the time, just like many of our World War II veterans or, you know, the greatest generation, you know, the Rosie the Riveter crowd and all that. If you're a comic book fan, some of these creators are, are, are advancing in age. And now is mm-hmm. the time, while they're still alive, to to really get into their work and appreciate what they did to help build this industry to what it is today. I mean, some of their work and Goldberg was one of the foundational creators of his time. Most definitely. Yeah. 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 And, and so they, they do kind of a co-pencil on this and, and what they, what they do is essentially John Buscema does the Punisher and Marvel related stuff. And Stan Goldberg does the Archie and Riverdale related stuff, yep. right? And they kind of, I mean, sometimes it meshes, you know, I- even in the same panel, right? Where, where you'll have, you'll have like uh, Stan Goldberg. It's obvious he's kind of built this background of Riverdale and put the characters. And then you can tell Stan Bus- or, uh, Sal Bu- or excuse me, John Buscema right. went ahead and put the Punisher and, and kind of his crew in there, right? Um, so you can kind of see where they, they, they split the work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, 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 what's also cool about that is that it gives you an idea of just how bonkers this crossover is. <laughs> Right, right. Um, so before it, before we yeah. get into that, let's just <laughs> let's just finish up the credits quickly. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, it's but it's crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, we have we have the great Tom Palmer on inks, another Absolutely. one of the all time great inkers. Yep. Barry Grossman colorist and Jack Morelli on letters. Yep. Um, there's a bit of an introduction from the editors, Tom DeFalco and Victor Gorlick. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, and they just talk about a bit of a history that they, that pretty much this idea started as a joke, like, you know, kind of between artists, between friends, uh, like, Hey, wouldn't this be funny if. Yeah, kind of some, thing. it's probably one of those stories that started at the bar at the Hilton in San Diego after Comic-Con closed one night. Right. Uh, that's kind of how I see this project gestating. Right. And so they end up kind of... They, they kind of pitch the joke idea. Bat and Lash comes and says, hey, I'll take that and run with it and make a script. And they did. And they, the rest is history. We it happened. This very strange crossover. <laughs> this, this actually happened, kids. And we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yep. So um, just, uh, you know, one thing that I do want to bring up is just the idea. And I, I know I've mentioned this before is how this is not only an odd crossover. It's a crossover that probably couldn't get made today. Yes. Um, at least not in the form that we got it. 
right? Exactly. Um, for, well, mainly because you're talking about the Punisher, who's a kind of already controversial anti-hero character. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and we we don't need to get into too much of that, but the the fact that you have the Punisher, a guy who's pretty much at this era in that that late '80s, early '90s Punisher era, was his entire mo was him just blasting people with large guns. Yep. Right. That was that, it. That was it. It was just him versus all the perceived awfulness of early nineties America, drug dealers, pimps, gang members, um, very street level criminals, right? Not, we're not talking about super villains in most. Yeah. Cases. This is not the Rick Remender going after Stiltman Punisher. This right. is very much Punisher versus the boogeyman of nineties America, the yep. various boogeymen of nineties America. Yep. Um, and with that, the idea of a, armed vigilante bringing large guns and blasting up a a high school. Uh, That's a little questionable. Um, Yeah. Well, (laughs) you, you just, it it, it would, it would be a much different story because this was before Columbine, you know, we we have to address it with a certain amount of, of gravity here, you know, and it, it sucks anytime that, you know, when, a comic book podcast has to reference real world tragedies like that, but it's the truth. And yep. this was in the era where the inner cities were starting um, to put metal detectors in school, have armed security officers or school resource officers. Um, you know, there was a kind of um, militarization happening around city schools mm-hmm. at urban schools at this time. And it was, you know, you, you can, no matter what side of the debate you're on, you know, it, it was kind of a dark time for kids, but then again, kids were reading the Punisher right? and right. kids weren't really being exposed to Archie at this time. Nope. And that's what, even though looking back through the lens of, of some 25 years later, that this is so crazy to look at. It's not crazy from a business decision no. to see both companies wanting to reach out just two years after the launch of image selling millions of comic books, wanting to build their audiences back again yep. and wanting so. to do, do something that was gimmicky, right. Yeah. Or, or yeah. different out there, something you wouldn't see every day. And, and with that too, it, it is interesting to, to just a quick note about Archie is that yes, Archie was a, huge in the 50s in the 60s right yeah it was a hugely popular comic kids it was considered kind of clean right it was fun clean humor for kids parents were very felt very safe like giving their kids archie comics right so so that's part of what it makes it even more absurd right exactly this is the comic book your parents likely would have bought you at the supermarket when they still sold comic books Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so it makes the idea of crossing over with the punisher that much insane Um, but as you noted archie comics at this point were they were they they were still around they were still selling copies but kids that were into comic books were no one was out there going like hey let's buy and trade archie comics right it was it was like that was kid stuff, right? To the exactly. kids of the early nineties, right? They were yep. like, Oh, that's, that's baby comics, right? That's mm-hmm. what they kind of thought. And I know, cause I was that kid. Right. Right. Um, and I'm, I mean, that was me a decade, decade before, you know, when right. I asked my, my dad to pick me up comics on his way home, he would get me Archie when I really wanted X-Men, but I would sit there and read the stories and think, okay, this is kind of cool. Yep. And, and you know, that tradition is carried on and, and is pretty much, the 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 reason detra for um uh archie being being you can't i mean 
all right, they're never going to be Marvel comics, right? Right. Right. But they're going to be a viable business model mm-hmm. because of all their properties, all of their IP, and the way they sell and distribute comics today. Well, they're, and that's, they're, they're kind of an evergreen at their sales level. And that's something I wanted to, to, to touch on, too, was this is really, this crossover is kind of the start of what we consider kind of the modern Archie. It, yes. In my point of view, where it, right. if you if you know anything about modern Archie, it's very different from 80s or before Archie, right? Yeah. Um, and and they're very very business and very tech savvy. Yes. Um, and they have gone. They've spent a lot of time and money, kind of going. Okay, our brand is that we're this good, clean kind of comic and set of characters. Let's take that and play with it, right? Let's let's say, oh yes, we're clean, but let's. How do we fit that cleanliness and that fun, you know, American ideal into weird settings or into how do we subvert that and turn it on its head, right? Uh, and nowadays, you have, I mean, really excellent fun crossovers like Archie and Batman, or Archie mm-hmm. and the Predator, or yeah. the hor- the whole horror line with like zombies. I, I don't remember what that's called offhand. Um, but yeah, there's... I, with with fantastic art and you know yeah. the and and the stuff that that adapts the Riverdale TV series, which gets into really kind yeah. of woohoo kind of stuff. And <laughs> well, and that that turned you know the Riverdale TV series. What I'll say is, uh, being someone who works cons and actually I have a large set of Archie comics that I sell, right? Yeah. And ever since that, my Archie comics and and most of them are like a dollar, right? They're they're like dollar bin comics. But right. they sell a lot at those cons. Yeah. Those kids come looking for that stuff because of the Riverdale show. That's and, pretty cool. And yeah, no, it's, it, they, they love it. And it's, they understand kind of the humor of that, right? They understand what I was talking about, where they know what Archie is or traditionally was versus what Riverdale is. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very savvy and very... Uh, very well read in that kind of era. So, it, and, and they're still, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, Will, yeah. but they're, they're also putting out classic Archie as well. In addition to all the adult or more mature themed Archie comics. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole spectrum of Archie for everybody now. Yep. You know, yep. from little kids on to the grownups who watch the CW shows or, well, let's be honest, you know, 18 <laughs> to 24 year olds, yep. but you know, are or the YA crowd, the right? YA crowd. That's right. a nice way to put it. But uh, it's, it's, they, they've been very, very, very smart over the last, I'd say 15 to 20 years in yep. the diversification of their product. Line. Yep. And I, and I would say, yeah, I, I believe a lot of this started with kind of this crossover. It was really the first yep. real weird cross. It was that, that absurdity that we were it talking about. The, it opened the door. Most definitely. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and get into the book a little bit. We're, we're, All this right. Is, this is a this is a single issue, but it is a it's like a forty eight pager. It's a double size. Um, let me check if that's right. Is that right? It is. It's a uh, no ads. I know that. Yeah. Okay. So it's yeah. It's like a total. Yeah. It's like a forty eight pager. Okay. Yeah. Hey yeah. kids, we're prepared. <laughs> we're doing a podcast. <laughs> so it opens up right away um, with with uh, with a John Buscema page. Uh, mm-hmm. with uh, some kind of someone running, um, obviously being chased, um, and someone pulls a gun on him. You kind of don't know what's going on. You just kind of see a shootout between these two guys. 
and yep. you you come to figure out that it's the Punisher is chasing someone. And I I gotta say how much. Buscema endeavored to adapt his style to the Punisher as he was being drawn by John Rabina Jr. at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, again, that super dark, heavy line work in the inking uh, that he did for it. It just added this really gritty kind of New York feel. And again, we're talking about an Archie comic here, but it's very... I mean, you can almost see the dirt floating in the air. In Most definitely. Comic. Yeah. Yep. And I think part of that is to contrast when they get to Riverdale. Exactly. Too, right. Yeah. Where like, this is the grimy Punisher world and it's going to be very different when we get to Riverdale. So yep. essentially Punisher's chasing someone. Um, and the, the, the person that he's chasing is a redheaded kid um, or guy. I shouldn't say kid, a young man. Um, yep. And, who kind of looks like if, if Archie had a bizarro version of it, <laughs> yes. right? I mean, it's basically bizarro Archie. It really is evil right? Archie. Yeah. He's got like, you know, big, he's got the, the red hair like Archie, but he's got like thick eyebrows and big, like buck teeth. Right. Yep. Um, yep. and he basically runs into union station, uh, and gets a ticket to Riverdale. Punisher is fa- trying to chase him down. Okay. Also, quick note for DC fans out there. Um, there are, you know, he's looking up at the board to see like where the trains are going. Obviously, the one that sticks out is Gotham, mm-hmm. but he also had a chance to go to Ivy Town, which was the home of Ray Palmer, the Atom, mm-hmm. and Happy Harbor, which was where the Justice League's original headquarters was located. <laughs> so, some interesting little thro- uh, Easter eggs in there. Right. Um, and then we flip to Riverdale essentially and we flip to archie um and you see it opens up with a kind of a a, a, like a two-third splash of archie in what what appears to be crosshairs right that's right Um, wearing rocking that letter r sweater vest my man yep and the 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 the, the polka dotted bow tie (laughs) right i mean and and the like you know i don't know if they're supposed to be like argyle pants or what they whatever his i'm not quite sure what's going on they match his hair but yeah, <laughs> um, and so uh, essentially he's being shot at, but not by the Punisher. He's being shot at by a water gun. Yep, from Leroy. Well, kind of a one of the scamps of of Riverdale, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that's uh, what Veronica is that her little brother? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. Uh, they get in a little bit of a water fight. Archie accidentally shoots Veronica with the water gun because they were apparently Archie was there to pick her up for a date, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. we're starting with a very Riverdale premise. Oh right? yes, right. I mean, we have Archie Andrews wanting to go to a, a date with Veronica, which of course, if you guys don't know Archie, uh, it's very famous that he has an on again, off again, back and forth with both Betty and Veronica at this point in time. Oh right? yes. Uh, and it's a very common argument is, uh, you know, are you a, a Betty person or a Veronica person, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, um, are you for Betty or Veronica? I, I'm a Betty, man. You're you Betty. Got, I, I like, I like, Veronica's like the rich girl, right? I, exactly. While I generally like, I like, Veron- I like the, the dark haired ladies more. Mm-hmm. I, I like the hometown feel of a Betty better. Right. I so. got to be honest. I'm more of a Betty fan too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so essentially their date gets called off because he squirts her with a water gun. Um, and that's kind of the end of that section. Right? Yep. 
we flip back to the Punisher. Um, and the Punisher is, of course, Frank Castle. Um, and he is, he is journaling as he does. Um, and real quick, Will, yeah. just, again, one of these microscopic little tangents I got to go on. This is entry number 769446. So he has had over 769,000 other entries in yep. his war journal. Right, right. Since then. So just putting that out there. <laughs> so, uh, so he's I mean, trying... he's, he's like Hemingway, <laughs> right. but with guns. Lots of guns. <laughs> and in fact, uh, they call this little section stick to your guns, which, yes. is, uh, which is a fun little, fun little like Archie type, type title. Oh, um, yes. And in fact, he, it, they're outside of a, a pep store, which carries comics. Um, so that's kind of... That's kind of fun. Yeah, um, a little, little, uh, little uh, nod to the past there. Right. So essentially, he's trying to kind of beat some information out of some guy, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out um, this guy. His name is Red. The person he was chasing, the the Bizarro Archie. His name is Red, um, or or they sometimes call him Freckles or Montana Bob or Mel J. There's a bunch of different AKAs they have for this guy, but exactly. his his name is is essentially Red. Um, and, uh, they're trying to get this information from the guy. Um, and the guy basically says, Hey, he said he was going to Riverdale. Yeah. Okay. So we have our, our reason for Punisher to go to Riverdale. Now. Um, and Punisher immediately gets in his van with his old friend microchip, right? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I didn't read a whole lot of Punisher comics. I know microchip, but I don't know anything about him. Like I don't know what his history is. Do you know? Do you know much about that? Or just just real barely is that uh, I, his son was killed by some manner of criminal element, um, and he was a. Um, he's uh, like a computer whiz. He's a computer right? whiz. Uh, he he was a longtime hacker. Uh, you know, defense information analyst, defense department information analyst, uh, then became a hacker um, and kind of hooked up with Frank, you know, in pursuing their own paths to vengeance. So while microchip is more like me with receding hairline and uh, protruding <laughs> gut, he has uh, that same, or he had at least at this time, this um, uh, the desire to see crime pay, mm-hmm. but he also kind of served in an, a sort of Alfred uh, capability to the Punisher's Batman, right. where right. he was his conscience, um, which eh, you, you could say whatever you want, but I, I prefer my Punisher as more of the Garth Ennis force of nature. But this was an attempt to kind of ground Frank more in his mm-hmm. humanity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, this is very classic Punisher running around in a giant van, although there shouldn't be any windows on it except for driving. Um, it was a windowless van right, right. <laughs> where it's just chock full of guns and uh, computer equipment for the right. two of them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of his, uh, it's kind of his, his Punisher mobile, right? Yes, exactly. And so they head out to Riverdale. Um, and with that, we flip back to Riverdale and we find out that this young man uh, named Melvin J, who's in a, a, some kind of a, a, a big pharma chemical entrepreneur, right? Um, and and this is this is the red that we were talking about. This is Bizarro right. Archie, um, but he's there in town, and he is doing a business deal of some type with Veronica's father, um, and in turn, he 
meets Veronica and he kind of falls for, he wants to take her on a date, right? Like he's, uh, that, that's kind of, he wants to, uh, uh, Let's just leave it and take it on a date. Let, let's call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, and the joke with 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 Veronica's dad is is that once you start flashing dollar bills under his nose, mm-hmm. like he is down for anything. So sure, he's got a, a daughter going to high school, and you know, Mel J here is this scuzzy big pharma exec. Oh sure, yeah, you're ten years older than my daughter. By all means, take her to the right. sock hop or whatever. Right. You know. Yep. Yep. No, uh, I think that, yeah, I think, uh, I think her dad, there's a little, uh, I think that he's very, I think that, you know, getting a business deal through is more important than anything else. Right. Not what you would call a helicopter parent. <laughs> no, no. no, uh, no. <laughs> so with that, um, that we kind of flip back to Punisher. He's now in Riverdale uh, and he's searching around for red. He's essentially just driving around. Yep. Like, he doesn't know the town. He doesn't know anything. He decides, hey, I need to understand where this town is. Who is the criminal element? Um, what is this place, right? Right. And, and, and he's really taken aback. Um, a great panel by Buscema of him looking on this, 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 in this grassy park mm-hmm. and him seeing the shadow of his former life, you know, him right. walking with his kids. I thought that was a very effective panel on Buscema's it part. It was. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it has a good perspective, not only from a storytelling perspective, but from an art perspective as well. Yeah, um, it, it was yeah. really good. Yeah, and, and, and a, lot of, a lot of commentary on Riverdale as being this, you know, idyllic kind of, um, you know, place untouched by urban crime, you know? <laughs> Again, talking a lot about the boogeymen's and society and all that and what he fights against. So there's a lot of caption boxes Right. A lot of caption boxes. There's a right. lot of narration in this book. So at this point in time, uh, they see a malt shop. Of course, the of course the Riverdale kids hang out at a malt malt shop, right? right. I mean, yeah. there's there's nothing more like kind of fifties Americana than that, right? Exactly. Um, so uh, the, he decides to go check out a malt shop, but before he can get there. Archie and Jughead are hanging out in the malt shop, having their malt, as and, and lamenting the the failure of his date with Veronica. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and they all of a sudden get surrounded by some businessmen in coats, or what? What? Some some thugs, or some? We don't know what they are at this point. Well, you you know they're not up. You, you know they're up to no good because they're wearing fedoras, right? <laughs> Right, and smoking cigarettes, right? Smoking, they're smoking dirty cigarettes and wearing fedoras. Yep. So they, uh, they essentially come and take, they, they basically kidnap Archie and, and Jughead. Thinking right. that Archie is this other guy. Right. You know, the scuzzy right. pharmaceutical executive. Right. Uh, and Punisher and Micro actually see this happening as they were walking yep. up to the, the malt shop. Um, so they're kind of hiding and they're trying to figure out, okay, what's going on here? Uh, we better, we better keep an eye on this situation. Right. And, and they also confuse Archie for red, right. They see him getting coming out and they, they also kind of think that that's, uh, that's their villain. Right. Exactly. So then we fast forward, uh, back to the sock hop, right. 1950 style sock hop at Riverdale high, right, right there on the banner. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And, um, you know, here we we get, uh, you know, Red ends up taking Veronica to the sock hop, um, but he's kind of, 
He's kind of rude to to Betty and her friends. He's kind of kind of just a jerk, right? Exactly. Well, and of course that's Reggie, who's Archie's foil. Right. He's sort of that's the, right. the the he's like the the quote unquote mean kid, and by mean, like sometimes he'll you know like uh, I don't know like like pin kick me on the back of Archie, <laughs> Archie's Riverdale sweater mean. vest. Yeah. yeah, he's Riverdale mean, not Punisher mean. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, those are two very different levels. So yes. um, with that too, then we flip back. There's a lot of flipping back and forth. Yep. To the, I don't want to say A story and B story. That's not right. It's more of, you know, one part of the story versus the other uh, before they meet up. And in this case, we have Archie and Jughead in the back of this car with these two three three gentlemen yep um we don't really know who they are still yet um but they say oh no we're being tailed and they're like oh we're being tailed by the punisher and then then archie and and jughead go the punisher right and and this is kind of where you know uh buscema's artwork meets goldberg's artwork and you can really see the, un- the 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 universes collide right right here on the page, and it's like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> right, and but see, and oh, one thing I did forget to mention in our intro is this: this is a comic that does take place in the crossover universe. Yes. So this is uh, the seven six whatever seven. Crap, I never remember the number. I, I'm not going to go look it up, Will. I mean, <laughs> but yep. this is a great inv- time to invite you, where if this is your first episode, first, welcome. Second, check out our other episodes. And third, if you'd like to get a hold of us, hit us up on Twitter with the hashtag yep. Epic Crossover. Back right. to you, Will. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so this does take place in the standard crossover universe. So there's no multi-universe shenanigans going on. No one's warping in time or flipping from one universe to another. Yep. This is a universe where all kind of crossover, all characters and worlds live together. Yep. Right. Decades before Jonathan Hickman hit the Marvel universe, this, this was yep. not happening. Right. Then, so, right. Yep. Yes. No. So this was, uh, um, so yeah, so this is the same universe that things like, like the Hulk versus Superman happened. Exactly. Um, and it, with that, we see it in that Archie and Jughead know who the Punisher is. Right, right. The, when they when they tell him that hey, this the Punisher's here, uh, they're like, oh, the Punisher, and then Whoa! they know and and they know to duck, right? They know what that means. Yeah, exactly. Um, so with that, they they start a shootout. There's literally a, a, a car chase. There's they're crashing into each other. They're shooting guns back and forth between these these henchmen and the Punisher's van. Um, mm-hmm. And it ends in uh, the Punisher runs them kind of off the road or, or kind of crashes into them with the van and stops their car. Yep. Um, and then Archie's out cold on the ground and wakes and up. Yeah, wakes up to the Punisher holding an Uzi in his face. Exactly. <laughs> and the Punisher says, the Punisher says, we finally caught up to you. And Archie's like, uh, don't believe we've met. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, so Archie doesn't know what's going on. Punisher thinks he's captured this red that he's looking for. Right. But the, then we go back to the sock hop. Back to the sock hop, where, of course, it's an Archie comic. We got to have Josie and the Pussycats play. Have to. Yeah, you got to have them. Right, yes. they're they're one of the all time great fictional bands. Yeah, <laughs> so we got Josie and the Pussycats playing. We have some kind of a roadie, right? Some kind of a looks like some kind of road tech. 
type guy helping with the show. Exactly. And he notices Red dancing with Veronica in the audience, and he knows who that is. Yeah. So this oh. road crew guy is from somewhere else, right? Exactly. But he's, he's totally aware of who Red is, and is like, oh, man whoa look who's here you know yeah um and he goes oh i know i know people looking for him and they have a finder's fee right yeah so, so he's got he's got motivation to 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 rat out where red is right exactly exactly um yeah, this is, it's just classic foreshadowing at this point mm-hmm. and of course some hijinks with the principal and yep. and various uh uh what do you call them the um uh the uh not monitors, the uh, chaperones right, at right. the dance. Yep. So. so general hijinks kind of ensue, and then you get, you get a scene of Red and Veronica where uh, he's, uh, he's pretty aggressive with her. Yeah. Uh, let's, you know. And, and this is where it kind of takes a little turn, you know, and, you know, where, where you go from the wacky hijinks of the chaperones not, you know, being so old they don't know what's going on, and then you, you go into this kind of, I, I would say it skirts dark territory is the best way to put mm-hmm. it. Um, and it, 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 it reminds you that this is not a pure Archie comic. And, yep. and I thought it was effective in the way, but it also made me want to take a shower afterwards. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, and during this time, Betty is wondering, hey, where, why isn't Archie here? Right. right. Uh, yep. So she calls uh, Archie's house, finds out that, hey, he was supposed to have been there. Right. He's not at home. Yeah. Um, and during this time, we also have this road crew. His name is Scooter. Um, he's calling someone to, to tell him that uh, that, that red is here. There. Yep. yep. And uh, with that, we flip to what I think is an amazing page. God, I love this. I love this page so much. Yes. This is, this is to me kind of the premier page, right? Exactly. Um, and you have essentially, you have a three panel, you have three panels on this page. Uh, the top half is, is the first is a close up of Archie's eyes with where you can see the Punisher reflected in his blue eyes. Yep. And then you get the second panel, which is the Punisher's eyes, which are, you know, cold, mean Punisher eyes. Yep. And then you get a profile of the two together with Punisher looking a lot like, I don't know, a, he looks kind of Bruce Springsteen-ish. A little know? bit, you yeah. Know, kind of, yeah. Kind with of With the wo- squinty eyes yep. and, the, and the scowl on his yep. face. And, and he's uh, pointing a gun directly at Archie's nose. And, and Archie in his full cartoony glory... Punisher in his full gritty glory, both think in the same thought balloon, what have I done to deserve this? <laughs> <laughs> right. Neither of them want to deal with it. Neither of them want to be here at this yeah. point in time. <laughs> and it's just how, how Goldberg and Buscema's art just conflicts with each other, just adds to the comedy of this. Right. Yeah. Um, and at this point in time, we flip to... Where where Punisher realizes this is not Red. Yes. Right? Uh, he's yeah. like, wait a minute, this is not the guy I'm searching for. Um, and in turn, there's uh, if there's some kind of a, a, a distraction or a noise uh, that the Punisher lets Archie go. Archie runs away. Um, and Punisher starts blasting. Yep. Um, and we, we they don't show it at that point in time, but he ends up, he's blasting at those hitman or that those group of guys that that cap that that they ran off the road right exactly um 
and Jughead and Archie Jughead had hidden in a storm drain because they're they're like at a park or somewhere nearby where there's some kind of a storm drain. Um, Archie and Jughead run off. Uh, Punisher starts chasing in the van with microchip. Starts chasing the thugs. I don't know what to call them yet. Um, thugs are good. Yeah. It works. Yeah. So um, and Archie and Jughead immediately go to the police. Right, because that's what they do. That's the Riverdale. That's the right Riverdale answer. That's what you're supposed to do when you see guys with guns. You go hail a cop. Right. So they head to the police, and they try to tell them this whole thing. Um, And the police, they don't quite believe Archie in this case. Come on. Come on. The Punisher in Riverdale, get over yourself. Like, I mean, the, the, the top crime in Riverdale is probably somebody toilet papering Mr. Lodge's mansion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a crime wave for right. Riverdale. Um, and so for the cop and the cop also flashes back to other times that Archie's and, and his hijinks caused fake arrests or yeah, you know yeah. misunderstandings with the police so the cops like you know what get out of here you we yeah. don't get out of here archie right yeah beat it kid <laughs> and then he says you know what i'll tell you what i'll give you officer berlin to go investigate your thing right and if there's an easter here. and there's an easter egg there for you as well because uh mlj the the publisher over archie comics they're they're the owner of our, the mm-hmm. corporate owner of Archie Comics. Also, put out a series of superhero books called uh, Red Circle Comics. Right. Uh, in the 1950s, and Kip Berland is the alter ego uh, of a police officer uh, who became a uh, sort of a Batman style vigilante called the Black Hood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that they're referring to Kip Berland, the Black Hood, there, yep. who will become the Black Hood one day. Yep. And in fact, Archie and Red Circle Comics, they, they've tried to kind of revamp Red Circle a few times over the years. Oh, uh, yes. There was a, uh, I have a number of Black Circle issues from the air, excuse me, Red Circle Comics issues from the 80s, where they kind of tried to hold, to bring black, back characters like Black Hood um, to not great success. It depends on, on, on which um, era, you know, which revival you're looking at. Um, some of the original, I think, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was the 70s revival that they were going to do. And I forget who the writer on it, but I think Gray Morrow was the uh, illustrator on that. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was this really cool sort of 70s urban vigilante story, kind of in a, you know, I would say probably just to the left of Death Wish. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was, there were, there were spin some neat books and especially like the impact comics line at DC during the, the late eighties and early nineties um, had some, I mean the Mike Parab, the late great Mike Parabek uh, did the fly over there. I know I'm on a tangent, but I, (laughs) this is what I'm known for kids. This is, this is my shtick as it were. And uh, but yeah, so, so some have been better than others. Right. And uh, definitely go out and look at those characters. I think I, I still believe in my heart's heart that there is good to be done with those superhero characters, but right. that's a story for another day. Well, and also just, I mean, I mean, while we're on the topic, I mean, the yeah. connection to red circle too is uh, the, what was it? The captain Liberty or what was his name? There was a, they had a character that was why, they had to redesign Captain America's shield to be. Oh round. yeah, it was it was called the sh- the shield. Yeah, the shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Who, 
who wore the the you know he had kind of like an armored costume where it looked like he had that what they call a kite shield for his chest piece mm-hmm. and it looked identical that uh jack kirby and joe simon came up with yep so that's why they redesigned it round was because of the shield yep yep it was a yeah i believe it was a threatened lawsuit that they it was. ended up yeah yep good so, poll Yep. So that's that's one of the the more more connections between early uh, early Archie and early Marvel there. Um, so we we continue on. Um, we have Punisher still kind of following this group of thugs, um, and he him and Microchip are listening in somehow. They they bugged their car mm-hmm. or they have some mega listening device. I'm not sure. Probably both. Yeah. So they're listening to to that that these thugs are are trying to go after Red, right? Yep. Um, and they don't they want to get Red before the Punisher does, and the Punisher now knows they're after Red, so he wants to get him before these guys do, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So at this point in time, we have an officer show up, knock, knock, knock on the window of the van, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is another another uh, something that. It's a little funny and questionable for an Archie comic. So, the, yeah, <laughs> it's something you would see in a Marvel comic yeah. all day long. Yeah, any Marvel comic that that has police in it, chances are one of them's going to get a love tap on the chin to knock them out. But uh, <laughs> wow, uh, to see this in an Archie comic, yeah, cop goes to the back door of the van, and uh, just the Punisher's fist appears in the dude's face, yep, <laughs> knocks yep. him clean out. <laughs> <laughs> yep, knocks one cop clean out. The second cop has a gun. He's like, you have the right to remain silent. And the Punisher just clocks him also. Yep. And they end up driving off and leave a pile of uh, knocked out comics in the driveway here. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Poor guys. I mean, again, you know, they, they deal with, with Archie and Jughead. That is their crime fighting experience. Right, right. Yeah, they don't... So you, I feel bad for him a little bit, to be yeah, honest. They, they don't know how to handle a, a, a character like the Punisher. So. <laughs> no. Oh, and I love the nosy neighbor who's just looking through the window, and when she sees that, she's like, nope, yep. I'm out. Close well, she was, she's the one who called the cops right. on them. Right. So, yeah, right. yeah, because she saw them parked like at, at her house or something, and she called the cops. Um, but, yeah, so Punisher, uh, Microchip, they drive off, and we flip back to the sock hop where Archie and Jughead have arrived. Right. Exactly. exactly. Um, they end up going in. Uh, there's more Archie hijinks, Betty, some jokes, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, let's see. And then uh, we end up and get uh, a scene of Punisher breaking into the building. Um, yes. breaking into the schoolroom. Uh, but like not into the not where they're having the dance, but a different part of the school. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends up walking around the high school and kind of, kind of a lot of Punisher uh, soliloquy about high school. Exactly right? about how awful a place it is, or something. And, yep. Yeah. And uh, then we flip back to Red all at the dance, still with Veronica, and still getting very, uh, very handsy and aggressive yes. with her. Um, yes. And. At one point, the this is the principal, correct, uh, Mr. Yes. Weatherby. Mm-hmm. He comes in and, and tries to stop him. He thinks he's Archie, right? Because he, oh, he, yeah. he again mistakes Red for Archie, uh, and tries to stop him. Like, hey, you're getting a little too close to the woman there, right? And 
He's like, blow off, gas bag. You know, I love that. I love that line. Blow, gas bag. See? <laughs> and at this time, he grabs Veronica and runs off with her. Yep. Total Neanderthal style. And then we also see um, a couple of, of, we see that a couple of the, uh, uh, the thugs have made the their thugs, way. Yeah. Uh, they kind of made their way into the catering group for this mm-hmm. yeah they, <laughs> for, they they do the classic knock them out and steal their uniform move tie right? them up into in the broom closet that sort of business and mm-hmm. and then the punisher shows up not wearing punisher gear but uh, passing himself off as the uh or excuse as a me, chaperone he's, he's, yeah. mis- he's passing himself off as a chaperone but uh one of the other teachers at the school mistakes him for the new pe teacher right right of course Yep. And so with that, there's again, some more kind of hijinks, but Punisher ends up finding, uh, or almost finding red and Veronica. Um, and red sees the Punisher and he grabs her and grabs a gun and runs off immediate hostage situation. Yep. Yep. Uh, and in turn, this is when Archie and the Riverdale crew see the Punisher and they're like, Holy crap, whatever's going down is going down here. You know? Right. Right. And, uh, you know, of course, Archie, again, being a good lad in, in a Letterman sweater vest, uh, decides to run over to a payphone. Yes, kids, a payphone. Look it up. It's on, it's on Google. Um, and calls 911. Because right. that's what you're supposed to because he saw the Punisher. And just then, the Punisher starts getting in beat-em-ups with the thugs. Right. Yes. So they all start kind of n- not only punching, they start shooting. Uh, <laughs> they and just... here's my question. Okay. So here we are on this page. And the Punisher, I mean, okay, great. He's in his sweats. You know, he knocks out one of the thugs. The, the thugs start pulling their revolver, start shooting at him. And then all of a sudden, the Punisher pulls an Uzi. Right. Where did he keep the Uzi? I, I don't know. It, <laughs> this this yeah. is a big submachine gun at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah and he just produces it. It's like he has magic Punisher powers. Right, right. Punisher powers activate. Form right. of an Uzi. Yeah. Uh, it was just. Yeah, no. Oh, oh yeah. No, no. Yeah. He just busts out this, this submachine gun and just, again, <laughs> in the middle of a crowd. A perfectly innocent of Riverdale crowd. They literally just start spraying bullets everywhere. I would have, and and again, this is like one of those things where the suspension of disbelief. Like, there's no way that Archie Comics would agree to collateral damage right. in the crowd. Okay, there's no way. And God bless them. I, I, if I was in their position at the time, I wouldn't have either. However, <laughs> this could have been if if if. Archie was as edgy as all the other comics, the indie comics publishers were at the time. It's like, yeah, sure. Have Mr. Weatherby have his brains, brains blown out by a stray <laughs> bullet, you know? And, and I'm, I'm trying, and, and I say that knowing about all about school violence, because there's no way this comic would have been produced today with, no. with the epidemic of school violence that we've had. Nope. But it's just crazy thinking about how, Uzis and Magnums and all these other different firearms are being produced. And I mean, this place is, is, and again, this is before the time of coronavirus. So people are shoulder to shoulder in this room. It's just bizarre to me right. that no one else got gacked. By, by no, no, it makes it, it, it absolutely makes no sense. Right. They, yeah. There definitely would have been innocent bystanders shot. Yeah. But There's please no don't, way. don't mistake what I'm saying for, for 
a uh, an endorsement for this violence. It, no. It's absolutely not. It's just you know the, my logical Spock brain is saying, "What the hell? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> this is this is not so." Um, right. But anyway, so yeah, now we're getting into Punisher hijinks, which is yes. a decidedly different brand of hijinks from the RG crowds. Yep, and at this point, Microchip comes in and, and finds Red and tries to tries to pull a gun on him, but literally, uh, Microchip gets completely slugged by Moose. By Moose, uh, the, <laughs> the, the giant football player, and... Uh, Right. <laughs> it's just like, what? The? And Veronica's almost like, what the hell? But she says, thanks, Moose. Well, was- <laughs> well, so Moose, Moose thought that it was Archie. Right. Moose thought Microchip was pulling a gun on Archie. And so Moose knocked him out. And it turns out, oh, wait, that's not Archie. That's literally Red trying to take yep. Veronica captive. Yep. Moose was trying to be a good guy. Yep. He, he yep. thought he was doing the right thing. Exactly. Um, good and- kid. And in turn, there's some more kind of classic hijinks uh, of them trying to stop the Punisher. Um, he ends up, Punisher starts, gets his, uh, his knees tackled by the, uh, I forget the character's name. He's, he's like the football coach, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's absolutely him. I can't remember his name either, but. Yeah. Um, and well, and plus he's got on his shirt coach. Oh yeah, uh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets up like he recovers quickly from that. Yep. Yeah. In fact, it sees Punisher gets knocked down and is literally standing up in the next panel. So, uh, I don't think they, uh, <laughs> it doesn't, you're not quite clear what happened there, but yep. you Punisher have, skills. Yep. That, but that's you have, <laughs> you have the, you have one of the thugs during this ruckus takes Archie hostage, grabs Archie and holds a knife to his neck. Exactly. At which exactly. time, instead of the Uzi, which would have been handy at this point in time, yeah. Punisher, Punisher uses what appears to be a cake yeah. or, or something off of the, the... Yeah, it was a cake. It was, yeah. it was like, a, it almost looked like a wedding cake, but yeah, it was full-on cake. Yeah, and off he, of the catering table and just chucks it at the guy's face. And I love the letterer. He puts in a, you know, a little sound effect called crack. And I don't know if he killed the guy with a cake. <laughs> yeah, it actually just flat. My brain. <laughs> it's my, just flat and then crack. Crack. My brains immediately go to the Punisher just gacked it with a cake. So that, 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 stuff, <laughs> that stuff you see in the panel there is a mixture of cake and the dude's brain. <laughs> what must be happening here. <laughs> Would your brain like some cake? <laughs> it just, it's so, oh my God. But of course, this is where the Punisher reaches out to give Archie a hand. Up right. And, and this is Archie. where, this is the, the classic crossover panel. It really uh, is. Is there, really is there, is. have we had a, a crossover where the, where the guy, the, the two characters meet up that we don't get a panel of a handshake, right? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, it's, it's, and like in, in the um, Batman Captain America that we reviewed in our previous episode, um, it it was like on every fifth page, I think. So, you know, (laughs) it felt like it, but yeah, this is, this is classic crossover comics right here. So to have the handshake. So at this point in time, the issue is we've taken out the thugs. Yep. But Red is gone, and he's taken Veronica. Right, and so, all of Riverdale is at the police station now, mm-hmm. demanding that the sergeant, the desk sergeant, 
uh, figure out what the hell is going on and, and take the Punisher out. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. And yeah, they're all, they're, all, they're, they're all panicky. They don't know what to do here. And yeah. fair enough, they've never seen anything like this, right? Exactly. Um, and in turn, the uh, Punisher and Archie and the kids, they all go back to the malt, malt shop um, and decide they have to try to figure out what to do next, right? Exactly. Um, and they get a tape of a recording it, 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 of, of Veronica, um, and she's, you know, like, basically, basically I'm being held hostage for money, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so they have to figure out what to do at this point. Um, some kind of more hijinks ensue, and uh, Veronica... Well, ter- go ahead. I, well, I was just going to say, you know, just, you know you got Archie at the, at the, the malt shop counter and Betty or Betty is giving him crap. Uh, but they're listening to the tape, the, 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 uh, ransom demand tape micro and the Punisher in a booth. And then Archie goes over there and pr- pretty much sums up what's going to be in the last act of, <laughs> of this comic. He's the one to show how much of a hero is Archie's the one with the idea for how to handle this. Well, and he also mm-hmm. figures out cause on the tape, Veronica, oh, where says, it is, where, where yes. yeah, where they're Veronica, Veronica's a smart cookie, right? Yeah. So she says, Hey, he's not full of hot air. He means mm-hmm. it. And Archie goes, oh, that, that's uh-huh. an odd expression for her to use. Oh, wait, they must be, she must be where they're setting up the balloons for the parade. Right. Right. Yeah. He, he figures this out. So we flip to this warehouse where they're doing the balloons. Uh-huh. Um, and we see uh, Red kind of yelling at Veronica, just being kind of a douche, right? Like this guy's just kind of a jerk. <laughs> she got away from him, but she's hiding somewhere in the darkened building, the darkened warehouse. Um, and he's just being a terrible human being, but he finds like the main power box mm-hmm. and then flips it on. And then you see the giant hot air balloons. I mean, I guess these are the balloons that couldn't make it into the Macy's Thanksgiving yep. day parade. That's how big they are. And you see, I don't recognize the dog character, but they have balloons of Spider-Man Sonic the Hedgehog, which was being published right. by Archie Comics at the time, and the aforementioned character, the Shield, right. that we talked about earlier in the episode. So, yep, um, yep. You know the the Sonic series at this point in time, very very popular series. Oh yes, is actually. I think that series ran for like 70 issues or something. It ran a good while. And the, the early ones are very sought after by collectors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now that, that was, you know, that was another thing that Archie comics did was, was handle video game licenses mm-hmm. really well, you know, for, for the characters that they had at that time. Sega yep. was, was a, a booming system at yep. that time. And, and Sonic was their flagship character. So, well, and the, the Nintendo characters were over at Valiant for the early licensing. Yep. Uh, Sonic came over to Archie and then Archie also picked up the Ninja Turtles. That's right. At this point. That's right. And you, that was huge yep. for them. Right. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Cause they, Cause produced, that's... they produced the Ninja Turtle comics that were like the cartoon. Exactly. Right? Which is what a whole new generation. And that's where Archie's, I mean, you got to give Archie credit, you know, going back to the business of comics for a second is that they knew what that, I don't know what you would say, what that demographic is, but 10 to 14 year old boys wanted Mm -hmm. and, you know, with the cartoon and then, you know, just a couple of years before they had the movie where 
you know, the vanilla, vanilla ice was in it. <laughs> go turtles, go oh, turtles, go turtles, go. Oh, go ninja. That's what it was. Go, go ninja, ninja, go ninja, yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm not a rapper. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that was, this was, uh, I think it might have, today's, today's parlance, it would be called a flex. Right. At, the, <laughs> at that point. But I thought it was neat that they put, a character that wasn't so well known like the shield in there as well to show mm-hmm. their history. So it was, it was a cool panel. So, uh, so to kind of, you know, just quickly sum up the last chunk of the book. Um, I, I mean, essentially they, they know where he is mm-hmm. Punisher and the, the, the Riverdale crew run to the, the, this warehouse or factory or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get in again, another shootout with yep. uh with uh with red um and that amazingly no one gets hurt um yep. but in turn a bullet ends up getting ricocheted and shoots with the the big dog balloon which lands on punisher and kind yep. of incapacitates him um and then archie ends up ta- being able to 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 take out red by crashing into him in in a cart yeah yeah, this this cargo cart of some kind. I don't know what else to call it. Um, and like Betty's like, "Oh, Archie!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one of those sort of moments. Red gets up. He's got a gun, but then his foot gets tied up in the in in one of the rope tethers for the balloon, and he goes, "Ah!" Yep. You know, so. Yep. Gets caught in a rope and hung upside down. Yeah. Um, and and it's actually the rope for for the shield, and in turn the shield gets let loose. Out yep. of the, out of the uh, kind of giant skylight that they have, and essentially that's the the last we we hear of Red is that he gets tied up to this balloon that then floats off into uh, uh, eternity. And I love how the shield is the guy who takes, <laughs> in a sense, right, makes this cameo appearance to take out the bad guy. Yep, yep. <laughs> it was fantastic. And then, uh, and then in turn, we kind of sum up everything with a little bit of uh, there's some some Betty's journal. Uh huh. So we have to get a little like commentary from Betty. Yep. Um, Entry number six one seven. So you know she's got a long way to go before she hits Frank's status. Right. Yes. Right. And and in turn, they also give uh, Punisher a Riverdale Letterman jacket. <laughs> He earned it. He earned it by shooting he, up the high school. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Because the Punisher, and then they they head off. Uh, it, I just I didn't even. I totally. I'm I'm reading this for the first time in a few weeks, and, uh, or the second time I should say. And uh, I just love how after you know he gets the Letterman jacket and um, he he him and Micro are talking. Uh, then Mike's micro says, Hey, buckle up. We're on our way to a real feel good town. Next stop, Gotham city. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And and this is still a a year or two before the Batman Punisher crossovers. I think, I think you're right. I mean, at least a year. Right. Right. it, It was at least a year. So no, 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 no. Batman Punisher, like a fire was 94. So yeah, those crossovers restarted at 94. So I wonder if they knew at this point in time, wow, that that Punisher, that these crossovers were in the works, right? Might've been. So I I wonder if that's an actual, like if they knew that and like, Hey, now we're heading to Gotham. Yeah. Here, we're going to put like a little tease in there that, you know, maybe you guys at the time think would have been like a throwaway gag. 
but actually we're really going to Gotham City next. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. But, and then we get a little tiny uh, a, a stinger at the end. Yes. Um, of, uh, of someone saying, this is who I'm supposed to be afraid of. Cerebro says, you're the most dangerous mutant alive. And if that's the case, I'm going to have to find out what you're made of, bub. Snicked. And then you see some claws come in, cutting yep. a picture of Jughead. <laughs> yep. And uh, the, the, the caption box says, the end? You tell us. And if I was, like, back when I was however many years old reading this comic, I would have begged to see the, a Wolverine Jughead special. Like if this would have been so great if it was done in this sort of style where the, you know, you had the two artists kind of mashing up their art together and doing like a remix mm-hmm. like this, it could have been a really fun book, but the stinger by itself, it, it, it's okay. But you know that too. Um, but I would have loved to have seen a Wolverine versus Jughead book in, right, after right. reading this. Well, I, I, I love the idea more than that, I want to see that. What does that open up if we say Archie is a mutant, or excuse me, uh, or Jughead. Jughead? Yeah, if Jughead is a mutant, what does that actually mean, right? Like that actually interests me more than anything else, in the sense that, like, right. especially modern modern X Men. What if Jughead is a mutant, and what if Jughead can go into Krakoa, right? In right in, in exactly. modern, yeah. Well, and then the, then there's the bigger thing is what would drive Jughead to Krakoa. I right. mean, is is Riverdale this this idyllic, almost all white? Well, hell, in this book, it was presented as an all white mm-hmm. suburb. Um, you know, could they have used that book to examine, of all things, race relations? You know, right. in, in in the metaphorical way that that Stan and Jack did back in the day. Right. You know, and have Jughead almost chased out of town for being a mutant. You could have told some really interesting stories with this sort of cosmology that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 it's a question that, that I I'm, I'm going to ponder for a little bit after seeing that again, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. I don't know. It could be fun. I mean, especially if you have, if Jughead's a mutant, if Jughead can go to Krakoa, then you also mm-hmm. have the, you know, Jughead is, is he subject to, you know, the resurrection protocols and is he subject to, the, the crucible and these, these, new, Oh yeah. You know, that would and be a story like, I would like to see is Jughead versus apocalypse in the crucible. Jughead is kind of this hapless dude who who's known <laughs> for his, his making dumb jokes and the, his capacity for eating an almost unlimited supply of hamburgers. Right. Is he the matter eater lad of, of the X-Men <laughs> continuity? That's what I want to know. You know, he could be an Omega level mutant. You know? Right, right. <laughs> well, they said most powerful mutant is what it said. I, I mean, then he's an Omega level mutant on par with like Gene Gray and Iceman. <laughs> it makes yep. me go, oh my God, <laughs> for what? He's Jughead the Devourer. Right. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it would be a great thing to see if Archie and, and maybe they even get Jonathan Hickman to, 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 to dig into that little, little kernel of an idea. That hey, Marvel, do it. Marvel do and Archie, it. go do it. Go do it and just give us a thank you at the end of the comic, okay? All right, so with all that. Yes. Let's just sum it up. What'd you think of this book? It was bonkers crazy. And I loved it. 
you know, this is, again, I, I think I've said this on a few episodes before, Will, where this is one of those books where I, I wish my mind was a little bit more open to these sort of crossovers back when they were first being published. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was dealing with a little Punisher fatigue at that, even at that point. I was kind of Punishered out in the early 90s, and uh, I was never, well, I won't say I was a hardcore Archie fan, but I just, I wasn't buying Archie comics. I was in my 1994. Jesus, I must've been 25 years old at that point. And, um, you know, I was into Jim Lee X-Men and, you know, then they went all over to image and, you know, I, I read some DC books, you know, I was just into four color superheroes, very few independents, very few non-Marvel DC books at that time. And I wish my mind was a little bit more open to it just, just to have fun, just to kind of check out and enjoy kind of a, a bonker story that employed some really neat tricks in telling it. Right. Um, and and I, I, I didn't appreciate the artwork of Stan Goldberg, truth be told, at the time. And I don't think I even appreciated John Buscema the way I do today. And uh, I think I probably would have really enjoyed it if I had given myself half a chance to see it. Um, I, but I'll tell you this, you know, in my, in my advanced age now, <clears throat> um, I really had a good time reading this. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it, is it, you know, the, the greatest comic book that I've ever read? No, but you know, it beats stubbing your toe really hard on, on a sharp desk corner. <laughs> And, uh, and there's, there's some fun, real yep. fun beats in this book. So yeah, yeah I, there I, are, I, I, I would recommend this to just about anybody with an open mind. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, it's again, I think I'm like you, it's not my favorite that I've ever read it, but it mm-hmm. was a fun, it was a good distraction. Yeah. It was a fun read. I, I will say from a, from a critical perspective, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but there it was pretty wordy at points. Yes, I, I think that yes. you definitely could have cut out some of the just the the hijinks dialogue or some of the Punisher War Journal dialogue. I think um, that's the part that hit me the most was, you know, and again, it was very, and I think it's it's no diss to bat and lash mm-hmm. because um that's that's what drove me away from punisher comics mm-hmm. at the time was just the endless dry dialogue about my war on crime <laughs> you know and it was just the these ad nauseum takes of of this you know meltdown in in this in society and how he's the cure and blah 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 you know just shut up and shoot already right <laughs> you know? um and it was very wordy and i i think he captured that so it's definitely a a, a, a sign of the sign of the 90s mm-hmm. comics writing at the time but it was it was definitely overdone and i think the hijinks were stretched and i'll agree with you on the hijinks Mm-hmm. looking back on it, that those were kind of inflated a little bit to meet the wordiness, I think, of the of the Punisher. Yep. Um, yeah, I think dialogue. they both kind of heightened themselves just a little bit to kind yeah. of probably, and, and it's understandable. I mean, yeah. if, if you're a Punisher reader, you don't really know Archie, right? So they want to kind of go a little heavy yeah. or the other way around, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's fair. But as from just a pure reading perspective, I'm like, okay, there's points where I could be like, okay, you can kind of cut this out. Right. Right. Um, and, but overall it was fun. It didn't really bother me. Um, uh, it, it didn't bother me enough to not like the book. Right. right. Um, it right. was, a, it was a good time overall. So yeah. 
Cool. So with that, we have, yeah. we've, we've dived into Archie. We've, we've, we've covered now we've, we've, we've covered uh, DC books. We've covered Archie books. We've covered uh, image crossovers. Image. Yep. Um, there, there's, there's some other weird ones. We still, we haven't gotten at all into the, to the Marvel top cow universe yet. Um, that, I know. That's, that's coming eventually. Um, yep. Oh, we, on the radar. We, did, we did do the army of darkness universe. Uh, that's right. So we, we've covered a good amount of them. You know, the next time it'll be, our 12th episode it'll be which our year anniversary will yep yep and it, it's actually been a little bit longer covid well, kind of messed up our schedule a little yeah, bit but. but you know covid is also playing with the space-time continuum so if we didn't have covid <laughs> right you know we would be perfectly on the 12 months so yep, yep. yeah so with that with that for in honor of that i think that it's time to let, let's kind of look at one of the big ones, okay? Yeah. I mean, we've done yeah. a number of big ones, but this is like the big one, which is yeah. which is it's sometimes called it DC versus Marvel. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. It's, it's sometimes called DC versus Marvel. Uh, it was a four issue series. Some of the issues were titled Marvel Comics versus DC. Um, yep. So there's kind of a little split on that, but it's a four issue series. Um, and but I don't think we'll do full, all four issues at first. Uh, there's a no. lot of stuff here. Um, but I, we are looking at, if I may, will this is this is something that that we're going to be looking at maybe a little bit slightly larger episode. Yeah. Because there's a lot to cover right. when it comes to this crossover. And in turn, we're going to essentially break it into two parts. Um, yes. So the first, the first, ne the next episode will be DC versus Marvel part one. Okay. Yes. And, and the, this will cover essentially the first two issues of yes. the DC versus Marvel crossover. Um, one of the, one of the things that this crossover gives us as well is what we what have talked about a little bit on this show. If you're unaware, is it's the amalgam universe, yep. um, and it, it opens up the world to the to the it opens up the amalgam world, right? Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> oh boy! Which is a whole nother world, a whole nother <laughs> universe of crossovers. Um, which, if you have not seen or, or heard amalgam, and we'll get into it a little more later, but they were essentially kind of you know, taking Marvel and DC characters and kind of blending them, not just doing crossovers, but really blending them into a new kind of character. Um, so for instance, here's, here's just a quick, for instance. Okay. Well, you got a Batman on one hand, you right. got a Wolverine on the other hand, right? You put them into a blender, pour it into a tumbler. And what's the concoction that you get? You get dark claw, right? <laughs> You get dark Which claw. Sounds like a messed up energy drink today. <laughs> um, and 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 the, there's a lot of amalgam books to cover. Eventually, we'll right. we'll, we'll spot them in here and there. Yes. Um, but they uh, some are, some again varying degrees of success. Some are Woo! good. Um, some are really not good. <laughs> you know, um, I, I I've tried and and I'm just this is one of those things. I have not touched an amalgam book since they first came out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm very interested in rereading them because right now my opinion is not high yeah. on Amalgam. Yeah. However, I know that a lot of fans, a lot of comic book fans who came up, who grew up during the 90s, adored those books. And, and this is where I want to say, before we do those episodes, I see you. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. I like stuff that, that wasn't popular with the, with the quote unquote cool kids or the adult comic collectors at the time. And just no matter what our opinions are in a particular book, 
I just wanted to say, and, and Will, I, I, I don't know about you, so I'm, I'm going to speak for myself. Just read what you enjoy. If oh, yeah. you love comics, just buy your comics and love your comics. But, dude, if you're a fan of Amalgam, that's awesome. That, that's more fans for Amalgam than me. Yeah, but and I, I'm looking forward to giving it another shot. Yeah, I'll and that's, like that. that is one thing that I've learned over since talking about since we've been doing this podcast and, and having some conversations with fans and, and, uh, and listeners is I didn't realize how popular amalgam was. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. because I kind of, I kind of, I liked a couple of the books, but overall I kind of wrote it off at the time. Yep. Um, I'm surprised at how many people really liked some of those books. So, so if, if there's a particular amalgam book that you'd like us to, to, to cover first, if there's one that you live and die by, Go ahead and hit us up on Twitter or using the hashtag Epic Crossover. That's right. Let us know. And then once we start diving into Amalgam, we'll make sure that you're heard, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and, and again, I, don't, I will never say that your opinion is wrong. It is your opinion. You love the book for, what, for the reasons why you love the book. And do us a favor. Tell us why you love the book. We mm -hmm. want to celebrate comics. It's not just about whether we think, look, I think it's Will and I, you know, we, we, we're a few years apart, but we both mutually despise Batman Punisher like a fire. <laughs> yeah. That being the case, we also can see the possibility of there being hardcore Batman Punisher like a fire fans out there. Most definitely. We haven't heard from any of them yet, <laughs> but we believe you might be out there. There's and gotta be, us, there's gotta be Azrael fans out there. That yeah, I know there are Asbat fans out there and, and, and by all means, you know, engage us, talk to us about it. Let's keep it positive and talk about what we love about comics versus what we don't like about somebody else's favorite comic. You know, we want to be positive about this stuff too. And uh, we'd love to hear your stories of collecting these books back in the day. And, and uh, we want to have that dialogue with you. So hit Most us definitely. up. Yep. And so with that, I think we'll go ahead and cut us out. So Jim, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? Yeah. You know, um, I, I definitely will look up uh, hashtag Epic Crossover on my Twitter account, which is at Jimmers mm -hmm. with three M's, J-I-Triple-M-E-R-S. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm trying to do more with it, but you know, not really, but I am checking it more. It's Jimmers with five M's. Don't, don't ask me why. It's, it's just the way it is. <laughs> How about you, Will? Um, so you can find me on Twitter, uh, Talking Comics. Um, I actually just changed my Twitter handle, so sorry, guys. I'm going to make this a little confusing. Um, it, it's now 100. What? It's, yeah, it's, it's now at 100P Comics. So the number 100, letter P, Comics. So uh, it's a better represent. It's always been 100% Comics. Uh, so just to kind of put it more in line with that. I um, dig it. Yep. And you can also find me on Instagram at number 100% comics. Um, uh, you can find me there. I post a lot of stuff for trade and sale. Um, or you can also, I, I just kind of set up a website. Um, it's, it doesn't have a whole lot of stuff on it yet, but uh, I will be using that to do a lot of posting of stuff. But that's just 100%comics.com um, with the number 100. So 100%comics.com. So cool. Um, with that, um, I think we'll go ahead and uh, let us go. And thank you again, Curtis, for having us on here. Absolutely. Curtis, you're the man. And, uh, and we'll check out here. So take us away. Hey, kids, do me a favor. For you and yours and everybody in your life, read more comics. <laughs>